found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it's the first preview with a pick. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Seven seven days and a couple hours from now, we'll be kicking off the season. And and, uh, yeah, it's it's just about at hand. It's been a weird offseason. Not as weird as last offseason, but kind of odd with the, you know, the hype and then the NCAA looming cloud and you know, it's kind of seemed to water down the hype a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, it's it's time to start playing games. So hype, hype be damned. Here we are. So ASU is taking on Southern Utah University, the Thunderbirds. Who? Yes. I I went and looked. Uh, SUU is picked to finish eleventh in the Big Sky in the coaches poll and eleventh okay. in the media poll. Okay. Uh, and 12th in the collegesportsjournal.com predicted finish. Out of 12 teams? 13, though. So, 13, okay. Yeah. Okay, not dead last. Okay. No, okay. Uh, that well, that spot consistently is uh, Cal Poly and Northern Colorado. Apparently. Okay, okay. That's good. Northern Colorado, I believe, uh, coached by Ed McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. Old Broncos receiver, and, and his son is there playing quarterback. Yeah. Former Michigan guy, Dylan. Yes, yes. Well, maybe it's a long rebuild there, I guess, for, for Ed. But uh yeah, Southern Utah and we you know, we can we can scout them a little. They they play a game before they play us Saturday night against the mighty San Jose State Spartans on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, that is a five day turnaround for yeah. Uh, yeah. Justin Miller and the Thunderbirds. Yeah, I had to FCS look, but that's their quarterbacks. So that's their quarterback. Okay, <laughs> it could have been their quarterback or their coach. I I figured it was one of the two. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, a team that doesn't obviously by being FCS, they have less scholarship players. You know, it it all adds up to what should be a, a, a you know glorified scrimmage for ASU. In all honesty, yeah, this is a a must win. Uh, and, yes. and a must comfortably win. Yes, yes, yes. Should should be. I mean, you know, we uh, we discussed. I think I brought it up, and you pointed out correctly. You know, that two years ago, when we started with Kent State and Sac State, it was like, uh, you know, we we thought they were going to be easy wins. Neither one was. But you pointed out correctly that we were a very young team, freshman quarterback, a lot of new faces. Um, you know, that's not an excuse this year at all. And, you know, as it turned out, Kent State was better than we thought. I mean, they, you know, I'm not saying they were, you know, Alabama, but they, they had a winning record. They made a bowl game, um, you know, so th- this certainly feels like, yeah, it should be a nice, comfy opener, get a lot of guys some playing time, get the backups in the second half and, and cruise control and, and hopefully, you know, not as straightforward, but hopefully the same in week two, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, at least then you're playing a team with a – theoretically full complement of scholarships correct correct yeah yeah i mean it, you know it should be a, a our non-conference sets up as a as a stair steps in terms of difficulty you got the home opener against the fcs not even power uh you got the you know a home game in week two against a mountain west lower tier team and then you got the road game against a you know a pretty solid but albeit non-power five team yeah a, a beatable independent. It's not Notre Dame. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, it gets it gets harder as you go. But 
uh, you know, this one should be pretty routine, I hope. I mean, I think that's got to be the hope. And it, like you said, it should be a, a comfy win. Should not be a game. We've, we've had some, I know we've talked about this before, you know, NAU games where, oh, we're only up by, you know, seven points at the half. And it's like, Ugh, it's a little bit of a red flag. That's what I just don't want to see. No injuries and, you know, smooth execution, put a beat down on, get to week two. That should be the goal. Yeah, I, I've given this some thought. They, even at a second level, should not they should not be able to beat our first layer of backups right so i would agree at the end of three quarters i'd like us to be up by five scores i'd like it to be 35 nothing 38 to three somewhere in there yeah yeah i would i mean do we want to do score pick right now i know we said we'd do that at the end but we've kind of we've kind of got to start with that that's okay that's okay Um, um I mean, I've got a score in mind. You want to give me yours first? Yeah, I, I think for a final, I'm looking at something like 20, or uh, I'm sorry, 42 to 9. Okay. Uh, you I going to say, boy, if we only score in the 20s, I'm going to be concerned. No, 42 um, to 9. Uh, you know, right, and I, and I think it'll be something like 35 to 3 or 35 yeah. to 6. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, the fourth quarter might be played to a draw. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go this was what I thought earlier today, fifty five to seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, you know, just a just a again, very comfortable beat down up by, you know, twenty eight half. Uh, you know, maybe the, the backups get in and put a couple scores on. Uh, you know, we will give them a, a garbage time point somewhere in the second half mm-hmm. and that should be that. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say anything less than a 48 point win is going to be disappointing, but you know, anything that's not a comfy cruise control in the fourth quarter with all the backups in and the starters on the sideline, kind of like an NFL preseason game mm-hmm. is going to be concerning. Well, you know, and a team would have to be just awful to lose like 70 to seven. So. <laughs> Yeah, I won't. I won't go there. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it'd be great if we could have a, a second seventy to seven win in, in three contests. Um, but uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll go with we pull off the dogs a little bit, probably a little more than we did against Arizona. I think I think the Arizona game was uh, you know uh, exercising some frustration of everything that had happened up to that point against a totally overmatched and quitting opponent and uh, in-state rival and all of that. I think in this game, this is where you call off the dogs. You don't call off the dogs against your conference rival. Sorry. That, that's, you know, if you can't compete, that's on you. If Southern Utah can't compete, well, they, they shouldn't, you know, they, they have actual limitations that prevent them from competing. Yes. Take, maybe take our top 25 scholarship players off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Like point. I said, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter of this game, we should be seeing, you know, Jaden Daniels on the sideline laughing with, uh, you know, Chip Trainum and Rashad White and Merlin Robertson and maybe even the pads off, you know, just wearing the jersey like you see in the fourth quarter of an NFL preseason game. That that would be good. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I think, as we talked about, the, the test will build. This sure. is one of those where there is no upside to this game. Uh, Not really. No, you, no. You either dominate or you terrify your fan base <laughs> yeah yeah i mean uh we've we've discussed these before in the past and this is 
yeah, it's a game that you just don't want to come out with any red flags, meaning somebody key gets injured, more than one somebody key gets injured, or, you know, position groups that look like, ooh, wow, that's not good. Yeah. You know, we, I don't we can't to... protect the passer. We can't stop the run. You know, things yeah. like that that you're like, whoa, we got big concerns going forward. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, you don't want to have it be, well, how come we're not getting pressure with our front right. four right. in this right. game? Yeah. This yeah. should be a game where you, we, you start thinking, wow, do we have like four All-Americans on each side of the ball? <laughs> I hope so, yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree, yeah. I mean, it's a, you're right. This is not a game that you come out of and say, wow, we are really good. Uh, you know, no matter how good you look in this game, it doesn't really tell you much how you're going to look against BYU and then your nine conference opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, you just, you just want to come out clean, uh, both in terms of how you play and injuries as much as possible um you know just avoid the you know the key guy gets a a ankle injury that screws him for the rest of the year or or you know something actually you know a season ending injury or something like that you just yeah yeah you want to avoid that as much as you can and and uh go forward because you know we talk about this like it's a it's a nothing game and in, in many ways it should be but you only get 12 it goes fast. I mean, I've ex- we've experienced that the last few years. It's like, you know, we wait all this time for the season to start, and then it's like, wow, we're a third of the way done. We're halfway done, and then we're done. And so, you know, take full advantage of one of the 12. Yeah. Uh, the other big news, which has dominated Pac-12 circles, has been the formation of the alliance and the announcement that the Pac-12 will not be expanding. Um, that will, I think, in many ways, impact this exact game. Um, yeah. Because you're either going to get to play this game or UNLV five or ten years down the road, but not both. But, but probably not both. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, so I, I guess we could start with the not expanding because maybe that's the simpler one to discuss. I mean, give me give me your thoughts first. What what'd you think? Was it good? Was it bad? What was your reaction? I think it's fine. This to me, what what just happened was everyone looked at the Big Twelve from the three schools in the alliance and said, "We'll give you a chance to to make it work. Find yeah. find yourself two more schools somewhere. Yeah. Who at you least know, whoever yeah. it is, Boise." Uh, Houston, Houston, UCF. You know, find find yourself a couple schools, and yeah. we will let you be. Yeah, but yeah, but come back to me in you know eighteen months. Right, right, uh, yeah, yeah. Because this is a you know we're not expand uh, expanding right now that is right. what what my former boss used to call uh, a a loophole because yeah, you cannot yeah. misstate your present intention i right, it is not right. my present intention to expand <laughs> talk to that's me tomorrow and it could change yeah that's a, that's a good point yeah good analogy there um, you know and that that's probably true um, i mean I guess I wasn't surprised by saying, okay, they're not pursuing expansion right now because I, I just, you know, when it came down to it, I don't know what value there is in those big 12 teams. 
And and if if that's what you're limiting your base to, and by by virtue of this alliance, uh, which I put in quotes because it's really not anything formal, but at least it's on the table right now, you're not going to try to you know obviously you're not poaching SEC teams. That's clear. You're and they've pretty much said okay we're not going to poach each other. So who are you going to get? The remaining eight Big Twelve teams, some combo. Well, and, and the other two conferences are bigger. All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just a, a a relative lack of zip about any of those eight. I mean, you know, like we can look at it from a sports standpoint. You and I are fans, and so we see. Well, you know, Baylor won the national championship in basketball, and Kansas is a perennial contender, and. You know, TCU's had some good football, and, and Baylor's had good football. Oklahoma State has had good Oklahoma football Oklahoma State has had good football and good basketball. But none of those programs are real needle movers when it comes to national interest. Or or to college football, period. Right, right, exactly. You know, for the Pac-12 to add Oklahoma State and TCU, let's just, let's just say that that's all they did, just those two. Um, I don't know that it really makes them any more nationally relevant. You know, Oklahoma State is relevant because they play Oklahoma in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and TCU, you know, was was probably more relevant 10 years ago when they were the little engine that could in the, in the Mountain West with Andy Dalton. And, you know, they went undefeated and went to the Rose Bowl or whatever. And they've had some good years in the Big 12. First year of the playoff, they almost made it. But, you know, they've kind of settled in, much like Utah in the Pac-12, as a solid program. You know, you, they, they go to bowls, they win games, they, you know, every they now and again, they the other sports. Sure, sure, you know, solid enough, but it's it's not Texas, and it's not Oklahoma, and it's not Alabama. It's it just, you know, it's not one of those, and it's not going to be just by joining the Pac-12. So, I get it, but at the same time, like, I... I don't know this. I mean, I guess that's that ties into this whole alliance thing. I, I found the whole alliance thing to be a whole lot of bluster and not a lot of substance for now, at least. Maybe it'll turn into something. There just wasn't much to it. Well, it's interesting because we don't, as a conference, really schedule the ACC. The, no, the, the Big Ten true. and Pac-12 do schedule each other. They have, I mean, right, you know? right. I mean, in our since we started at ASU, we've had, you know, what, series with Wisconsin, series with Northwestern. Iowa, Michigan Iowa, State. Illinois, Michigan State. Yeah, you know, a, a fair number. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're right about the ACC, and that has, you know, that's hit me in the face, especially as I've, you know, tried to go see games and I've looked around and thought, okay, well, who have I seen? Well, I've seen, you know, over the course of the years, I've seen everybody in the Big 12, current Big 12. Almost almost everybody in the SEC and Big 10. ACC, I'm way behind. Yeah. I think I've only seen four ACC programs in person, you know? like So, I mean, that's, and Notre Dame throw in them too, you know? So they don't, yeah, we don't get, you know, Clemson or Florida State or those, you know. Miami. And that is Miami. I mean, that is the one thing that, that excites me about this if it comes to pass and i'm going to put that asterisk on there is yeah i mean the thought of having you know what this north carolina uh you know even some of the lesser acc programs louisville uh, george tech you know like those yeah hey it'd be fun to have those teams come in because they haven't we haven't had series with them and that would be kind of a unique attraction but you know, it just seems so far off in the future, and I just, I, I just don't know if this really has the legs to to really become something. 
Yeah, I I view this as a commitment to not also join the SEC. Yeah, I, yeah, basically I, that's kind of what it seems like. It's a hey, we're gonna we're gonna rally together and put our put our arms locked against the mighty SEC. But I don't know. I mean, well, if it forces, I think what it can do. I don't know that it will, but what it can yeah. do is uh, what Klyavkov said. It can yeah. stop things from getting all off kilter. Yeah. Because yeah. if if these three conferences say we're not going to scramble, right. the Big 12 adds two or four more schools. Yeah. And that just... And that's the end. Then the, you know, yeah. then the group of five has to maneuver... Maybe Idaho comes back to, maybe, you know, maybe champion or bowl subdivision. Bowl sub, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and it could be that simple. You're right. I mean, you know, like uh, I I think with the Big Twelve, looking at the Big Twelve, it's a little different than the calculus for the pack. First of all, you can't have a conference with eight teams. No, I don't, I don't think that holds. I think that um, BYU is just sitting by their phone <laughs> waiting for their Big Twelve invite. Yeah, that would that would make some sense. Certainly, uh, I think UCF makes a ton of sense. I mean, you know, they're not Florida, Florida State, or Miami, but they have had a lot of success in football. They've had a pretty decent basketball program. They're in a big market. It it you know it extends the Big Twelve for you know into the Eastern Time Zone along with West Virginia, which is right now just sitting out there on its own. Um, you know, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe Houston. Yeah, no, you know, again, you don't need Texas, but you know, it's a big market in Texas. They spend money, uh, you know. So there's there's some logical additions. Cincinnati, I suppose, is another one that's on there. You know, get you into the Midwest. So mm-hmm. it does make sense. The, the the interesting thing will be, you know, does the American try to poach the Big Twelve? Does it go the opposite direction? Yeah. The Americans got big eyes. You know, I mean, Mike Oresco and they they really believe they should have a seat at the table. And if they could go get TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas. Baylor, and Texas Tech, or, or can yeah, you know, something certainly Kansas, yeah, like then they become the fifth at the, of the Power Five, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean that, you know, and and I don't know what happens to the rest of the Big Twelve. I mean, there might be a couple Big Twelve teams that are just left without a chair. Uh, you know, I'm not, well, I'm not sure all of them is, get absorbed. But there is a market, not long term. But there is a market for an independent, you know, BYU. Or, uh, I'm sorry, an independent uh, Baylor like a BYU. Where they're good enough at football and they are very good at basketball. Like, they could become a barnstorming team. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. And and, and the thing um, is, they're in a place where people want to play. We we have a home-and-home with Texas State to make sure that we get to play in Texas. (laughs) Like true, people true, want yeah, to go yeah. show their team in Texas, you know, That's plant true. the flag That's in true. Texas, which is why I say for the American, I think it makes sense to go poach those Texas big 12 teams at Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's say they just took those four and they, I think they're at, or what are they at? 10 or 11 right now in the American? I think it's maybe 12. I think it's, I thought it was 11, but it might be 12. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly offhand, but you know, um, that does make sense, and and you know they've now the you know the key obviously though is that the the American TV deal, while a good one, 
is nowhere close to the other five conferences. Well, you got to so, know when you can renegotiate it. Yes, yes, and, exactly. And that's yeah. the thing is when they haven't locked in a bowl situation and the Big 12 doesn't have a deal with ESPN, right? you could jump it. You could, you could, yeah, yeah. I mean, what in all honesty would make some sense is a, a true merger of the American and the Big 12. Not an alliance, not this, this hocus-pocus that we're talking about with these three conferences, but a true bring them together and make it a 20-team conference. Yeah, two you're, ten team divisions you're or something at, like that. You're at eleven right now in the American, but you at, okay. I mean, but BYU is just BYU's not That's an independent true. like Notre Dame. BYU That's true. is BYU could could jump, yeah. So you add them and and the and the eight Big Twelve teams, and you get to twenty. Mm-hmm. It does make sense. I mean, and you uh, just you know, put Houston with that division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so I I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it, it it'll be interesting to see, but. I guess the, the biggest thing, and you know, we often our our discussions venture into sports media, and I just found it I found it interesting that you know a week ago it was like they're going to announce this alliance and it's going to go far beyond just scheduling, and as it turned out, it didn't, it didn't even really go to scheduling. Yeah, it didn't get to scheduling. <laughs> it's it's yeah, an acknowledgement yeah. that we have similar interests, right? And and that in the future, when contracts allow, we'll do more scheduling of each other. And, and here's like the thing. I said, with football, that's a decade. I, what I'm curious about, and, and I'm being serious with this, how does this manifest with the Big Ten Network and the Pac-12 Network? Right, right. No, you're right. Because they, look, it gets you a great game to sell if Clemson agrees or Miami agrees to go to USC ever. Right. Right. Or, to, you know, or to Michigan or Ohio State yeah. or Wisconsin sure, sure. or whoever. But, sure. you know, if you get a, you know, or the storyline of a Miami coming back to Sun Devil Stadium. Right. You know, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the high end potential matchups are sexy, you know, well, and that's Clemson the and is, Michigan. So that's what, you, you know, so that's what you have to sell sure. to CBS who's going to need you or Fox who may desperately be needing you. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. You know, CBS has one game that, you know, and that's going away, you know, know, in a a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and and that's it. And then, and then I guess the key is, well, okay. Do you, you need a, you need a partner that will, will want you for, you know, Clemson versus Penn state, but will also find a home for, Wake Forest against Washington State. Well, and, like and that, that to me know? is where the 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 conference networks really matter, right? Yes. Because yes. because if if you maintain an independent conference network, right. which I'm not advocating for the Pac-12, it's been a huge <laughs> disaster up to they're now. the only ones who do, right? Right. But if you do that, then it doesn't really matter. And if the Big right. Ten decides to go independent with its network. Maybe that's okay. Which I can't imagine they would. But but you bring up an interesting point, one that I hadn't thought of. The Big Ten's network is run and owned by Fox, and the ACC's is run and owned by ESPN. Right. So that makes for interesting bedfellows there. Right, and we're on our own. And that's, right, right. You know, yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, so what I, if I, we, and, and I do think this is on the table, what if we sold ours to CBS and CBS Sports? Yeah, yeah. 
Cause, I suppose. You know, because yeah. then you've got CBS Sportsnet. Uh, and you try to kind of do like an NFL type deal where you, you have multiple TV partners. Yeah. You know, you say, hey, well, you know, and and if the, so if the, if the scheduling alliance works, the Pac-12 home games are on the Pac-12 TV deal. And if they're yeah. at the ACC, they're on the ACC TV deal well, or whatever. And you're guaranteed, it may be, you know? if, you, if you can figure out how to do a home and home, that benefits everyone, which I don't think you will. But that means that in my hypothetical world, CBS, as the home of the Pac-12, will get USC Clemson. And then right. Fox will or uh, ESPN will get USC at Clemson. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, it's intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I hadn't thought of that till you mentioned the conference networks that, yeah, they're, they're owned by, they're all three owned in different ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, and different, different ways of going about things. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, what also is interesting then, okay, is, so you have this alliance, well, there's still, and we saw it already. I mean, obviously this was already being worked on. You know, it didn't come to pass in 24 hours, but you know, the alliance gets announced and the next day there's an announcement that LSU and USC are going to play mm-hmm. because the SEC is still king of the castle. Mm-hmm. And if ASU, I mean, you know what, ASU's got several home and homes coming up with a- SEC teams, A&M, Mississippi State, and Florida over the next and decade, LSU. If I remember. And LSU, of course, yeah, the one that goes back to the 1970s oh, that yeah. we're still owed. Right, right, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, and those are those are appealing. I mean, as a, as an ASU fan who also is just a college football fan, um, you know, like Florida coming here. Yeah. Am I more excited by Florida coming here than I would be by Miami? Yes, I would. And Miami's a big time program, but Florida resonates more. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I more excited by Mississippi state than I would be by North Carolina state? Yes. Uh, you know, I, or, I, and I think or Indiana. Right, right. You know, just kind of looking at the relatively comparable level programs in the Big Ten, ACC, and SEC, like the SEC still resonates. And by adding Texas and Oklahoma, it resonate even more. I mean, the, the chance to schedule a home and home with Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, that's eight programs that conservatively are among the top 20 college football programs in the country i would say yeah those are i mean and so so you can do and it's not just asu it's everywhere you know i mean like the big 10 programs are probably looking at that too and thinking well geez if i'm if i'm indiana and i can get a home and home with florida yeah i'm gonna do that for sure yeah Uh, you know uh, so that's the interesting thing is like okay you've got this alliance but you know, you're not you're not pushing the SEC out the door. You're not saying, well, we're not going to schedule the SEC. No, you're still going to. No, because what, what, it just makes good business sense. What would be, to me, the right way to approach scheduling is to say mandatory four non-conference games. Well, yeah, and I, and, I, and I do think we're going back to eight conference games. Yeah. That feels like a cinch, yeah. And, and yeah, so I think the Big what, Ten will as well. And I think what you do is you say mandatory four non-conference games and mandatory one alliance game. In your non-conference? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have to play and everything one. everything else is up to you. Yeah. And that way, look, 
everyone gets a dance partner, you know, and if if in your year, your dance partner is West Virginia and you've got to go out to West Virginia from, you know, Washington State. That's the breaks. You, yeah. you just yeah. got to go play that game. You just do it. Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, it does make sense. I mean, you got a, You got an even number, at least right now. There's mm-hmm. 40 teams in those three conferences. You don't count Notre Dame. Now, it gets tricky because Notre Dame's got their deal with the ACC to play, what, five or six games a year, I think? Yeah. ACC opponents. Well, and that's and why they you also, get... They also play ahead, Stanford and USC. I was going to say, yeah, they've got their, their long-standing Stanford USC, and they don't do them annually, but they do play, you know, pretty regularly. They play either Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, their Big Ten rivals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, you know, like how do they fit into this? I'm not sure. Well, um, and I think and, that's you know, why but, you say four instead of three. Yeah. And for yeah. everyone then who's not an ACC school, you now have an extra opening. Yeah. And yeah, then you yeah. work out your eight-game conference schedule on your own. That's on right. you to figure out. The, the conferences do. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. And yeah, you can I mean, schedule more than one alliance. You know, like sure, what it sure. should be is a, a randomizer that assigns the alliance game to everyone. And then you can yeah. schedule an additional one. If you are Clemson and you don't like that your alliance game is, you know, at Oregon State. Yeah. But yeah. you also like to play USC at a neutral site and USC's yeah. alliance game is Miami, but they're happy to travel east <laughs> twice. Right, right. You know. Then yeah, yeah. you do it. Yeah. It works. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, again, from that perspective it is it is appealing. Um, I, you know, the idea of it is interesting. I guess the reason that I'm sort of down on it is it's there's nothing formalized at all. Well, and I'm, so right now we've got this, but you know, what's to prevent somebody? I'm not even going to, you know, I don't even know who it would be, but what a but school to pull of Texas and Oklahoma, you yeah. know, and, and think, well, Hey, I'm out for myself. If I can go, you know, if the, I mean, I know the ACC has got their grant to rights and all that stuff, but what if, what if there's a way for Clemson and Florida state to get to the SEC? Yeah. Or don't Miami and Florida jump? state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like they probably jump at that. So I, I, it's interesting, but it I just feel like it's very tenuous. Well, for me, the scheduling part, I get it, but you have to do one of two things. You either have to take away the autonomy from the schools to pick. Yeah. Or you need to accept that your scheduling alliance is just going to be for the elite programs. You right. Know, so basketball, right. Arizona and Duke and UNC and UCLA yeah. And Michigan State yeah, will play Michigan. each other. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but yeah, ASU yeah. is going to wind up, you know, playing Wake right, or something. Right, and right. Just, Which, you, you know, know is, is okay, but then, you know, I mean, the downside of that is then do you create like a almost like a permanent cast system? And that's what I'm like, saying. You know, is, yeah, you know, you know, so if you're an ASU fan, it's like, sorry, you don't ever get Clemson or Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State or Florida State. You get, you know, Indiana and North Carolina State. It's like, oh, well, okay. I mean, that's okay, you know, if you tell me that every five years I get Clemson. But if it's like, ah, uh, we never get those, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. Well, and, and what would be 
I, I hate to say this, but they do this with rankings of like medical school, right? Like you yeah. put your list together of where you want to go yeah. and the school puts its list together of who it wants. And then a third party just sort of marries the two and says, right. this is what right. you're doing. If they True. did that and said, okay, every year, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. But your ranking has to last for a cycle of seven seasons or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. or your ranking is for is a combined all three sports. Women's basketball, yeah. men's basketball, and football. So you want to rank Clemson number one? Great, but you might get them in men's basketball. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's but, interesting. But yeah. you rank Michigan yeah. number one. Okay, you get and them in a big time. You whatever, get them in football is, or right. basketball. That's fine. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it there's yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting wrinkles to it. And, and I guess that was the other thing that that, you know, there was zero specifics. And I, and I don't necessarily expect them to have all the specifics figured out. I mean, this this all just came together recently. But I guess that was the other thing that kind of got me is like, well, we're going to have this scheduling alliance. We're going to schedule each other more when it allows and we'll figure out how it's like, well, it's hard to get too excited about that because you know, we're going, I mean, you, you just mentioned a multitude of possibilities and there's probably a dozen more of how to do it. Like, well, how's it going to work? Eh, not sure. We'll figure that out. Well, like, and the other piece, okay, well, let me know when you do the other piece of this to me of like of the reporting that came out, not the press yeah. release, but the reporting. Right. Right. That, the Pac-12 was all on board for this, and the others had to sort of be brought to this idea. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, just screams status of the conference. Like, <laughs> it does. Of course, it we does. like we know that we're the Big 12 if the Big 12 goes away. Yes, you know. yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree that, I mean, this this is uh, this is the Pac-12 trying to, to you know, latch on to the Big Ten, which is clearly the, the you know, number two or maybe even 1A when you talk conferences to the SEC. Um, and then the ACC, which isn't at their level, but has the advantage of being mostly in the Eastern time zone mm -hmm. and, and having a little bit more national relevance. Now, the, the whole time zone thing, I mean, I you know, I, and now admittedly the source here isn't the best because while I like Tony Kornheiser, he's, you know, He's an East Coast guy. I don't think he's left the East Coast since he did Monday Night Football a decade ago. So I mean, that's his. He lives and breathes it. But you know, his. You know, like uh, they're in they're in the Pacific Time Zone and they're they're forgotten about. Like you know, unless I'm wrong, and I'm not going to pull a Ronnie Cox here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not. Uh, USC of Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, Lendale White. They played all their games in the Pacific Time Zone, and they were plenty nationally relevant. Yeah. Like time zones aren't new. You know, I mean, this this isn't something that just started a decade ago. Uh, you know, so but, it, it could no, still be very answer, relevant the, in the Pacific the, time zone. The answer is not the time zone. The answer is there is a powerhouse ACC football team and basketball yeah. team. There's a powerhouse yes. Big Ten football team and basketball team. There is not a powerhouse Pac-12 football no, and not. basketball team consistently. And yeah. you're right, and that that is 100% the answer. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's you know the demise of USC football, the demise of UCLA basketball. Though they could uh, be relevant this year, they should be. They should be. Yes, but but the it's the consistency. You know, like you said, I mean, we know that you know I know Clemson is relatively new to that level, but, but before, before they Clemson, had Clemson, it was Florida State, it was Florida State and Florida Miami, State, exactly, right? 
And Miami, yes, yes. And, and you know, in the ACC basketball, you got North Carolina and Duke. You always got those programs. They're always relevant. They're usually very good, with a few exceptions here and there. They've had some down years. But, you know, usually they're powers. Um, obviously, the Big Ten has a ton of powers in both sports. Uh, and you're right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can, you know, I, I remember, and this to me is the key, too. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, yeah, Pacific time zone is a problem. But remember our freshman year when USC was was number one in the country and they played Cal with Aaron Rodgers, who was also undefeated. You remember what time of day that game was on? I do not. It was in the middle of the day. I remember watching it. It was a 1230 Pacific time kick on ABC, national TV. That is the missing piece to me for the Pac-12 right now. They don't have that spot anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't get midday national tv if you're going to get national it's going to be at seven pacific 10 o'clock eastern and it's tough to gain traction that way well and that's why they need the that's why they need the cbs deal back yeah i agree i agree yeah yeah i mean you need to be able to put your best games on when everybody can see it and the 9 a.m kick is an interesting idea mm-hmm. but it you know it's it's a, it's a little bit square peg in a round hole because you're gonna you're almost you know kind of a cutting off your nose to spite your face type of thing because you're okay you're going to be on tv but you're not appealing to your your actual home fans that's tough mm-hmm. to get a lot of people excited about a 9 or 10 a.m kickoff but 12 30 or 1 30 different story you know you you have the morning you can tailgate you can drink you can you know barbecue you can do all that and then you go to the game and then the game ends and you got saturday night to you know get together with family or party or whatever that's, I mean, that's what the SEC does so well. The game is usually in the middle of the day, the best game at least. And the Pac-12 doesn't have that much anymore, if at all. Only when they're playing somebody else. Or right, on Pac-12 right. network. Right, right. You know, you know the, the most marquee game tends to end up on, you know, maybe it's on Fox at 5 o'clock, but then you're going up against a marquee ACC or Big Ten game on ESPN or ABC, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it, and I know, I mean, the, the balance of power has shifted mightily since 2004 when that game was on the SEC was not the behemoth that it is now, but st- so, I mean, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, I guess, because you know, what you said is still true. We don't have the power programs. So if you put USC and Cal on now, well, those programs aren't as relevant as they were back then. So, Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe my whole thing about the TV times is like kind of an exercise in futility if you don't have the powerhouses. Yeah. I mean, I think the question now would be Alabama, Georgia, can you put that at any time of day and get people to watch? Yes. And I think the, the answer, answer is yes. yes. So Yeah. <laughs> but the difference, of course, is any time of day, the latest you put it on is 8 o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. Very latest. And, and that's so that's in prime time viewing window for the entire country. Whereas if you put a game on at 1030 Eastern, let's say, you know, USC and Utah are both in the top 15 in the country. And, you oh well, you know, it's on ESPN at, you know, 1030 Eastern. I mean, people aren't staying up for that. But again, chicken and egg. Are they not staying up for it because it's late? Are they not staying up for it because those programs don't really move the needle anymore? USC especially. Utah probably never really did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people stayed up to watch Reggie Bush. You know, I mean, I remember that Fresno State game in 2005. It was on Fox Sports. 
and it was a shootout. You know, they it was like they had to score 50 points to win, and Bush had this amazing game. It was a late night game, but people stayed up to watch because you weren't missing Reggie Bush, and and that's the thing is like USC it doesn't feel like must see TV for most of the last decade. Yeah. So it, you know, it goes back to your point. Without a powerhouse, and and, and then challengers to the throne. Yeah, you know, you struggle. But it ha- I, I keep going back to, like, it hasn't been that long since that was the case. Yeah, I mean, but we're not we're just, talking it's, eons ago. It's not you know, that like, it's impossible. It's just we're not, like, it, you know, USC begot Oregon, who uh-huh. begot Washington briefly, then back to Oregon. And but, Stanford. You, you know, know, remember Stanford had their run with Andrew Luck, where they were in the top ten on a weekly basis. and. But, but we're just, just, but where we're at now, yeah, it, yeah. is we don't have anybody, and no. basketball has been by and large disappointment for the last, you know, few yeah. years, and, and at that Agreed. point, there's a reason why we're, you know, having to ask people to the dance and not yeah. being asked to yeah. the dance. <laughs> I mean, you go back to the years of like '05 to maybe 2014, that decade roughly. And you think about, you know, the, the Pac-12 had Matt Leiner, Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, like big-time stars. Uh, Matt Barkley, maybe he wasn't a big-time star, but he no, was well-known. You know, but Reggie uh, Bush, Lendale Reggie White, Bush, Zach Barkley, Miller. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. You know, guys I mean, who you played know? in the NFL. And then and then basketball. I mean, God, I always will remember our, our junior-senior year when it was, you know, Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook at, at UCLA. OJ Mayo. Mayo and DeMar DeRozan yeah. at U- and Taj Gibson at USC. And Arizona had, you know, Boonger and Jared Bayless. And, and it, you know, Washington State had Clay Thompson, who we didn't know was that good. But, you know, ASU had James Harden. It was like, you know, night in and night out, you were seeing a guy who was a big time star. And that just doesn't feel, I mean, you know, it's not well, all about or, quarterbacks. You know, I and, know that. But look at, Look at the quarterbacks this year in the Pac-12. How many of them are like, "Ooh, got to see that guy"? Nope. Are there any? Nobody. I mean, I like not right now. Now there there may be one or two that emerge by the end of the year. Maybe right. there maybe there's a new starter somewhere or something. Well, but and, and look, but, Daniels know. could step up, Slovis could step could. up, but but right none now, of them are receiving votes for no, All American preseason for the Heisman or or you know thought of as like, oh, they're going to go top five in the draft. I mean. You know, like now again, there's some turnover. There's some guys who barely, you know, they started only a handful of games last year. I know. I mean, some of that is is a, uh, um, you know, a, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, it's a function of what happened last season. Last season, exactly. Yes, yes. Right. You know, like yeah, could Dylan Morris have become a star if Washington had a full season last year? Maybe, but they only played like four games. Mm-hmm. You know, could could Anthony Brown have become a star if he took the Oregon job? You know, maybe, but they only, you know. Uh, so there's there's some weirdness to it, but still, it's like you look at the you look at that position, which has been a stalwart in the Pac-10, 12. Like there's you know almost every year there's a big time NFL draft prospect, Mariota, you know, Justin Herbert, Liner, Barkley, Sanchez, Darnold, um, you know Andrew Luck, obviously. And like you don't see that right now, but what do you see? Four of the top five quarterbacks, four of the top five teams in the country, their starting quarterbacks are from California, none of whom actually play in California or the Pac-12. Yeah, or, you know, Spencer Rattler, Arizona. I was going to say, 
Brock the fifth Purdy. one's from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy, so the, Arizona. the preseason top five, your starting quarterbacks are C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, D.J. Uyangalale, J.T. Daniel Spencer, Rattler. All five went to high school in Pac-12 country. None of the preseason top five are Pac-12 teams. That is a big reason for the problem. Yeah. Ugh. What a disappointment. So I don't know. I mean, I guess that's getting back to the alliance thing. Maybe that's what you hope is a, you know, a, a benefit of that. A long-term benefit is if you can latch on to these conferences and you can make yourself more nationally relevant, you know, you can start recruiting kids right in your backyard. First of all, that you used to get. And, and that, that's just the big concern. I mean, cause most of those names I threw out there, those quarterbacks, they were from the West Coast. Mariota's from Hawaii. Minor Barkley Sanchez from California. Arnold, I think, was too. Uh, you know, Luck was from Texas. But, I mean, you know, most of those guys were from the Pac-12 country, and, and they stayed in Pac-12 country, and now we're, we're not seeing that as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I – look, we – I ultimately, to me – this is a take-what-you-can-get opportunity uh, for the Pac-12. We are yeah, we sure. are clearly fourth of five in the Power Five, and we were at risk of, you know, had Texas and Oklahoma not jumped, I think you could colorably call us fifth out of five. Yeah, uh, oh, for sure. But that, I, I think so, yeah. But we are fourth yeah. out of five, and what we just did was, you know, tie... Two and three to us. <laughs> Two and three. Yeah. 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 Which is probably smart. Uh, if it works. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean to me that the the natural next step to this of uh, this alliance is that you know, a few years down the road when the bitterness about the SEC rating the Big Twelve sort of fades, does the SEC join said alliance and we end up with the power conferences just breaking off on their own? That feels like it's where it's been headed for a while. Yeah. And and this gets us, it feels like, maybe one step closer. Because if, if these three conferences stay on the same page, and then they look at the SEC and say, hey, wait a minute, why don't we just have the four of us get together and run our own postseason and run our own, make our own rules. We'll have 65 teams. Way. Yeah, you know, somehow, some you know, you make the, maybe you do bring in some of those teams, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just go with the, the 40 and then the SEC's, what, 16, and that's 56? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe you do that. I don't, I don't know. You know, that leaves Notre Dame out. I can't see Notre Dame not being a part of it. But Yeah, but that gives you four divisions of 14. It could. It could. You yeah. know, I mean, like, maybe, that, you know, that just that kind of adds up and, you you know, you end up with just a, a like, a third tier of – division one college football where you have rather than you know fbs and fcs you have power conferences you, you have, have the alliance the, rest of the fbs and then you've got and then you have fcs yeah well and what Something you like could that. do realistically is you play so you you put it into eight divisions of seven yeah you play six games against your division and then you play seven games against whoever you want you know your former yeah. rivals you can still play notre dame yeah um, yeah you know yeah 
Notre Dame it. might, you know, be declared the AP national champion without playing in a game against these schools. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it just, like, it, when I heard this, I thought, well, okay, what is to stop these three conferences from realizing, hey, the SEC makes a lot of sense to join us. Why don't we all just get on the same page? And at least in football, let's just let's just do this thing on our own. Yeah, well, what let's you have to do... What you have to do, and this is, you know, basic and, and obviously this is one of those Captain Obvious statements, but what yeah. you have to do is convince the SEC that the pie will be so much bigger that they can't turn it down. Because right now, exactly. the SEC's pie is the biggest pie. Right. And right. they only exactly. have to split that exactly. 16 ways. So True, true, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how it works. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not a full, like, complete joining like we're talking about. Maybe it's just a... Hey, the postseason. You know, we're just going to do our own. You know, we're going to run our own postseason. We'll set our we're own gonna, goals. Yes. You know, the, like, gonna, this is you where know. the I thought about that for the alliance. Is you just start dictating to ESPN? It's like, look, we're not playing those bowls. These are the yeah. bowls we're going to play. We're going to yeah. play the Sun Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Outback Bowl. Right. Uh, but we're not. There's no more tie-in to the Pinstripe Bowl. We'll play each other <laughs> right, right. at you know at the fifth bowl game in Phoenix or the right. you know eighth bowl game in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. That would make sense too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like I said. There's so much I think that's still up in the air about how this is going to work. And you know, I know one of the things I've heard is, is you know the pushback against the playoff expansion because they feel like you know the SEC railroaded it in. And they probably did, not not denying that, but that's another one where it feels like, to use what I said earlier, cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like, mm-hmm. So you're going to keep a four-team playoff where the SEC is pretty much guaranteed 25% of that representation, and most years has a pretty good chance at 50%. Yeah. Whereas if you go to 12, okay, let's say the SEC gets you know four teams in, that's still eight spots for everybody else. Yeah. To you know, to make a run and get national, like you know, that well, and this is like the, a, this is the the pie expansion argument. If you're the SEC, you say, "Look, we're going to get twenty five or fifty percent of these seats. Yeah. yeah. But if we go to this bigger one, we'll probably get a third. Maybe we'll get five out of twelve. Right. Yeah. That, again, that's still that guarantees representation basically for every other the Pac-12, conference. the ACC, and the Big Ten. With a chance for multiple teams, you know, especially if the Big 12 does crumble, you know, so now you're looking at, because, you know, remember the whole, oh, well, you know, the Pac-12, Pac-12's not going to get left out if there's only four power conferences. They probably weren't going to get left out if there was five. That was an overreaction to last year when the Pac-12 played, you know, between four and six games per team. Uh, You know, yeah, last year, the Pac-12 champ wouldn't have finished, you know, as one of the top six conference champs. It's the only year where that's been the case far and away. And that's because the champ was the second place team in the North that went three and two. So yeah, they weren't ranked that high. Uh, but you know, like if you go to 12, I mean, the PAC 12 should, should be just delirious at the thought of 12. Like if the PAC 12 is pushing against playoff expansion, they are idiots because you're not getting teams in the four. It's just not happening. 12, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to get one, probably two with mm-hmm. the current state of things. Yeah. 
I mean, think about 2019, the last full season we had. And look at last year. 2019, Oregon absolutely gets in the playoff. And maybe Utah does too. Mm-hmm. If it's 12. But neither one got in at four. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. It, it's it's a fascinating time from a like anthropology level perspective <laughs> of it about college sports. Yeah, just like yeah, well, for sure. well for how sure. did they get here and where so were much, they going to go? So much change. Uh, yeah, I mean it does it does feel like, you know, I don't think college sports will cease to exist. At, I mean, you know, like people say, oh, well, you know, we're going to end up with just minor league. Like, uh, there's there's too much money invested in these colleges to, to let this, you know, fade. But uh, the character of it certainly is changing. It's changing right before our very eyes. I mean, the fact that Jaden Daniels is, you know, pictured with a with a car that he was given, you know, and like, I mean, like that used to be the joke. Like, oh, he's, he's driving around to fancy cars. I mean, now it's out in the open. It's like, it. of course he's but got a fancy car. But it's sure change. You know, I mean, there's just no doubt that, you know, like you got quarterbacks signing with respective chicken franchises and, you know, like rivalries of, you know, okay, is who's better, you know, if Bojangles or Zaxby's or Raising Cane's and you got a part, big time quarterback that's got an endorsement with each one. And it's, it's just the way it's become now. You know, you, you just have to, this is the new model. And like, like we've been talking about it, you know, this I don't think this is where it stops. I think this no, is a this is an opportunity to pause everything. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the the last chapters of how college sports are changing for this run. I mean, they're always changing in one way or another. But uh, yes, it's just it's a unique time with the Supreme Court decision that we talked about and uh, athletes making money and you know all this stuff it's just it's wild and it's just kind of like you know hang on tight and see where the where the car stops here within the next few months years whatever yeah the craziest thing for for this season is watching texas and oklahoma play a big 12 schedule yeah and well it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious when you know one of them loses a game on a controversial call and everybody's going to say, Oh, the big 12's out to get them or they win a game. And it's going to be, uh, the, you know, the big 12 still protecting them. I don't know why. I mean, you know, the conspiracy theorists are going to be out in full force as long as they're remaining in the big 12. Yeah. Oh, there's no way to win this. No, there really is not. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, I, this is an unanswerable question to know for sure, but so we're told they're going to join the SEC in 2025, right? That's what we're told right now. They're joining next year. Like, I was going to say, what's your bet on when they actually join? Next I'm year. Thinking, I'm thinking by 23 at the latest. I think 23, it's, 24 year. I think it's next year, and I think it's this is really, they are stuck there until the Big 12 finds a replacement school. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I think the Big 12 does, and, and they will get not you know, not little, but they'll, they'll charge them a buyout and they'll pay, they'll yeah, pay it gladly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know. sure. Cause they'll make it up from the sec and money right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, it just becomes like a, you know, a, an unhappy marriage. Can they really, you know, I mean, you're looking at what, if, if that happens four more seasons, I can't see it going that long. 
Absolutely. This year, obviously, it's too late to change anything before this season, you know, and this came out. But, yeah, I feel like maybe you get next year if you have to. But I, you're probably right. It's, you know, by the 22 football season, it wouldn't be surprising at all if, you know, we're looking at a 16-team SEC at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is your marriage analogy. This is like if you caught your significant other sending a letter to someone saying, I want to marry you, but I need to stay here for this long right. to get, you know, I'm going to keep you my alimony. for a while. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. And then yeah, the other so. person's like, I totally understand. I'll wait for you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. As, whenever you're ready, I'm here. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't seem all that feasible to keep this together for, for any longer than this year, which again, you know, by the time this came out, it was July. It was too late to change anything for this season. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I can't see it lasting until 2025. No way. Makes no sense. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's going to be, going to be fun to see how it all goes, but you know, in the meantime, we got a, we got a college football season that is about to start in you know, less than 40 hours, Nebraska plays Illinois and, and it's underway. Here we go. Uh, Matt, we uh we are done recording previews. We Football are preview, now I know. going the, to be talking about games. I know. By the next time we talk, there will be there will be an ASU football game played. There will be well, pretty much all of college football will have had their opener uh, by that point. And and yeah, here it's 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 underway now. Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll be back. Uh, to talk about what happened in the Southern Utah game, to talk about yes. what happened around college football. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Bennett. It's Bennett Matt Sportscast.